Good morning. I want to thank you for once again joining us in our study of the book of Proverbs. Uh, this morning, we will go through chapters 25, 26, 27, and 28. And as we've done every day, I'm going to try to bring you through the book of Proverbs. I'm going to try to give you a reminder of how to read the book of Proverbs. Solomon writes many of these, and Solomon recognized that wisdom was a gift from God, and it begins with God. He says in chapter 1 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we understand that God sets the parameters. God sets the path for our wise walking. We see that it's used and like a father to a son to say, Here, son, this is how you should walk. We're introduced to wisdom as a woman who is like a teacher who comes alongside and instructs her students in how to follow and do the lessons. We see that the world's going to pull you in every different direction that is going to try to get you to stray away from wise and right walking. But we should not do it. We see that these are proverbs and not promises. In other words, that even if we follow them, other people might still fail and they might still fall. And we are called to still love them and we're still called to walk beside them and try to show them in wise counsel the ways of God. So what happens if we fail? What happens if we fall? Because we will. I know that I have. And there's not a person that I've met who hasn't. We have all failed in walking in wisdom. We have all failed and we've all sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. And that should be a dreadful thing for us to hear. It should be a terrifying thing for us to hear. Well, in chapter 28, verse 13, it gives us a bit of a roadmap. And I want to read it for you. It says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Okay, where is wisdom found? It's found in God. God is the beginning. He is the author of it. Where is grace found? It is found in God. He is the author. He's the finisher of our grace, of our perfection, of our righteousness. Where is mercy found? Again, in no place other than God. When we fail and when we fall, there is an immediate desire and temptation to conceal it, to cover it up. Why? Because sin is embarrassing. Sin is shameful. But our efforts to conceal it, our efforts to cover it up, are never going to be sufficient. In Psalm 31 or excuse me, Psalm 32, we read in verse 1, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now wait a minute, I thought you said that it was not good in Proverbs to cover up our sin. It says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. So why is it saying over here in Psalm that we should have our sin covered? Because in Proverbs, it's talking about if we conceal our transgression, that is unrighteous. In Psalm, it's saying that there's another person who covers over our sin. 
Verse 2 of Psalm 32, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. You see, we have to have our sins covered. We have to have our sins completely concealed. But if we trust in our own efforts to do it, it will never be covered. It will never be concealed. It will never be taken away. But the man that is blessed, the man who finds mercy, the man who finds grace is a man who confesses his sin before the Lord and then the Lord in His mercy covers over all unrighteousness. He takes it away. He conceals it from ever being seen or ever being viewed or ever being held against them again. You see, here in Proverbs, we recognize that whoever conceals his transgressions, in other words, if I try to do the work to conceal my transgressions on my own, I will not prosper. And that's not only, not only in this life, but in all of eternity. You will not prosper if the only concealment of your transgressions, if the only covering over of your transgressions is found in your own strength. Rather, we must confess, forsake our sins. We obtain a mercy, a mercy from God, a grace from God, one that completely covers over our sins, one that completely takes them away, removes them as far as the east is from the west. We see a dramatic illustration of this in the Garden of Eden, when after Adam and Eve sinned, after the fall of man, God knows what they've done, their sin is not hidden. They recognize that they're naked. They feel shameful. They feel, um, they feel dishonest. They feel corrupted because they are. And so what do Adam and Eve try to do? They try to sew fig leaves together to cover over their sin, to cover over their nakedness, their shamefulness. When God shows up in the garden, they say, we were ashamed because we knew that we were naked. God says, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Of course he knew. Of course Adam and Eve tried to cover up their shame. Why? Because sin is always shameful. It's always an embarrassment. We see, though, that their nakedness was not covered. The fig leaves that they sewed together did not suffice. So later on, what does God do? But He creates for the man and the woman garments of skin, garments that would cover over their nakedness, garments that required a sacrifice so they could have clothes that covered over their shame. In the same way, we have only one means of mercy, only one means of grace, only one salvation that covers over our shame, that covers over our sinfulness, and it's found in God through His Son, Jesus Christ. So whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. You cannot cover over your failings. 
You will fail. But it's in those moments that you must confess and forsake them and trust in the mercy of God. Not in your own strength, but in the means of salvation that He provided by grace through faith in none other than His Son, Jesus Christ. I hope you've enjoyed this look in the book of Proverbs, and I will enjoy seeing you again tomorrow as we conclude.